You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Welcome everyone to Stoppage Time. We are almost at the end of the season. Peter and I are here with you yet again to bring you your Auburn soccer news, notes, game recap, and get you set up for Auburn soccer's games coming up in the week. Peter, it was a rough one against Florida. Florida is back a little bit, doing better, is a rough game. But before we get to that, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, I got some pies baking right now, so pumpkin pies, pretty happy about that. Uh, Other than that, doing all right. This season's kind of flown by. This season has flown by, and its it's been an up-and-down season. Uh, I feel like we've gotten robbed at times. feel like we've let some games slip away. But, it, I mean, yet again, it's been a fun season, I think, just to be able to, to sit down, talk some Auburn soccer week to week. And big news for us, Peter and I are finally within a vicinity of each other again, so we're going to bring in even better stoppage time, I think, because we can discuss this more often. We're, we're finally not recording from parts unknown anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're uh, we're a force to be reckoned with. We're we're close together. But the the dream team is back together that everyone loves here on the E2C network. We know we're your favorite podcast, and we take pride in being the favorite podcast. So we've put it off for as much banter as we can at the beginning of the show. I already mentioned we took a loss to Florida. So let's just go ahead and hop in that. Peter, just rip the Band-Aid off as quickly as you can. Auburn traveled down to Gainesville to play number 24 Florida, and we fell down, or we fell uh, one to two in final time. Uh, Drew, we've not had a lot of luck in Florida this year. We, we took a loss early to South Florida. We had a, a rain game. We had another rain game, a cold and rainy game uh, this week against Florida, and we took another loss. So uh, Florida has not been kind to Auburn this year. Yeah, you're you're right. You started to say that we fell down to Florida, and we really did. That field was soaking wet. People were slipping all over the place. But it's a game that I thought Auburn played well in for a lot of stretches. I was able to to watch that game, and despite the conditions and despite everything going on, being on the road, this, that, and the other, Auburn actually hopped out to a 1-0 lead and looked to be in command of the game. They were absorbing a lot of pressure, but I thought... Uh, this was going to be a game that they at least would come out of a draw with. But as we see, yet again, another lead has slipped away into a loss or a tie for this Auburn soccer team. We did. We did take a, an early lead. It wasn't a commanding lead, but it was an early lead. In the 16th minute, Bree Folds lays a ball off to Angeline Daly. Daly fights to keep possession and puts the ball in the top of the net from the top of the 18-yard box and made the score 1-0 Auburn. In the 37th minute, Florida crosses a ball in front of the net, and the Gators are able to get the ball behind Kate Hart, 1-1 all. In the 48th minute, a through ball gets through uh, the Auburn back line and into space. Florida is able to put it into the back of the net, 1-2 Florida, and it would end 1-2 Florida in final time. Uh, Auburn had seven shots, five on goal. Uh, Florida had 15 shots, nine on goal. Kate Hart had seven saves in this match. Uh Drew, this was Angeline Daly's first goal. Let's go back to the Auburn goal, the good news. This was uh, Angeline Daly's first goal of the season. Uh, we almost saw her score a second, uh, the equalizer in the second half, but the Florida keeper was able to get a hand on it. Um, I believe the reason we haven't seen more from her offensively this season is because she's been more of a midfield presence this year. 
Um, you know, we saw her score a lot last year. We talked we talked about her lethal left, her left foot that she used to score with. Uh, she was one of our main goal scorers last year, but now I think she's playing more of a uh, a role there in the midfield. Uh, I really enjoy her style of play. She's really tough. Uh, we haven't talked about her enough this season, I feel like, uh, just because she's not scoring goals, but she really makes her presence known in the midfield because she is a bruiser. Uh, that's kind of like my word. You know, the one that goes in there, she battles for the ball. She's always fighting for the ball, uh, making tough tackles and winning the ball, and we saw that aggressiveness on this goal, I thought. Yeah, she's definitely transitioned more into a box-to-box type midfielder, a ball-winning style midfielder this year, rather than being more of an attack-minded one that we stuck up there and just told, shoot, 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 shoot. And so, obviously, the goals have dropped off, but she has been almost like an enforcer that you'd see in hockey, just to kind of give a an example of it. She She's been winning hard balls across the pitch, all year, I think she's been doing well in the defensive part of the game. We've seen her get a yellow card a time or two, but if you're going to play in that role, that's really what comes of that from time to time. You're going to be aggressive. You're going to get called for a foul here, here and there, and it's just picking your spots well. And, you know, I thought she's done well, even though the stats aren't showing it as much as they were last year as far as goals and assists output. I think she's had a really good season as far as, playing in the role that she is in right now. I feel like we kind of done her, we've kind of done her a disjustice this uh, this season, not talking about her enough. And there's there's times I meant to and wanted to, and I just never did. But she's just really been really good in that midfield, just like you said. Uh, she's an enforcer. And, and uh, are we going to go ahead? I know she's got the, the nickname the lethal left or the le- lethal lefty, but I kind of like that nickname the enforcer. We're going to go ahead and dub her the enforcer. Uh, I mean, you, we can think of something. We'll we'll put a pin in that and have a little powwow, and we'll we'll come up with a nickname for next week's episode. I really think that she's one of our uh, best players there in the midfield. You know, she transferred in from Florida State, and we're just lucky to have her. She just really just uh, quickly acclimated to this team, first on offense and now here on the midfield. Uh, but Drew, what did you think of the defense? Of course, we didn't have Emmy Craven. She was injured in the last match. And sadly, Coach Hoppe indicated this week that she is probably done for the season. We saw that last season. She was injured late in the season and we lost her for the rest of the season. That is a hard hit to the defense. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a very difficult pill for the defense to swallow. But I thought the defense did really well. Someone who's been transitioning into a new role this season that we've seen has been Jayla Gatson. I thought she did wonderful in this Florida game, especially under the condition her and Alyssa Melanson had a lot going on on their wings throughout the night because Florida had a lot of, a lot of speed, a lot of track stars out there. It seemed that was really pushing the tempo on the wings. And I thought they both did good. Obviously there was times where they got wrong footed and, had to recover, but even on their recovery work, they did really well. And so I thought as far as the defense looked, those two players specifically looked really good for Auburn. Yeah. You highlighted Jalen Gadsden. She, I feel like she's had to grow into that role this season. Uh, She didn't always look very confident in that cornerback position, but uh, she's really stepped in that position. She really owned it and she was playing really fast. I think this is the fastest I've seen her play all season. So to me, that just kind of talks about her comfort level. Uh, Brooke Burden was the one that actually stepped in and took Emmy Craven's spot there in the middle. And I thought all in all, she played pretty well. Now that second goal, she was beat on that second goal. And, uh, but I thought she did pretty well. She's, uh, 
this is, you know, her first start. She's kind of uh, getting acclimated to that position, but it was great to see her there. Yeah, especially as a freshman. Uh, Brooke Burdan, I thought she did a good job s- stepping in and having Sarah Houch in there with you as far as just an upperclassman able to lead the line and Kate Hart behind you, who I think is growing into her role at keeper a lot more and gaining that confidence. I, I thought she did as great as you could ask uh, for a freshman stepping in into a hard situation, first start of the year on the road at a ranked Florida team. You, you know, you can't really knock her. I, I think the areas that Auburn got in trouble were the second goal with a very good counterattack that got split wide open. And the first goal, it was really just speed won the day and the ball bounced and fell in the right spot. I don't think the first goal was was anything to really hang our heads about. You hate to see him get split for that second goal. But overall, I think they did the best you could really ask for him to do. I thought the line was able to play pretty disciplined. In fact, we actually got Florida on offside six times. In contrast, Auburn wasn't called offsides one time. And you remember uh, back in the Ole Miss match, we were called offsides a lot. So for us not to be called offsides and for us to catch Florida offsides six times, that was definitely an improvement. Uh, We were able to keep uh, Florida honest on that back uh, in our defensive third. Uh, The defense also took some risks. We saw a lot of tackles in the box, but they were all determined to be clean. And I thought they all looked clean as well. So uh, it was really some risky defense. I just thought that back line played really well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the big thing that, that I've noticed throughout the season is Kate Hart's gotten more comfortable in leading that line. And I think that's helped Sarah Houchin be more confident. That Even when Emmy Craven was in, that helped her be more confident. You you have two of your leaders in Alyssa Melanson and Sarah Houchin on that back line. I, I think a lot of that helps them grow. And I've been really impressed with the defense over the past couple weeks I, I think the areas where i'm seeing the the errors that are leading to goals are actually coming more in the midfield and how auburn plays from the back forward and just being able to re- retain possession because we keep turning over possession in ways that are giving teams opportunities that they should never have to turn and go at the auburn goal time and time again you talk about the midfield uh auburn really owned the game the very first probably the first half of the first half uh they had five shots on goal while uh or five shots and florida had none but that kind of turned around after we got that first goal uh florida went on a seven shot run uh i get to uh, auburn's zero uh but it, it seemed like it was either on one side of the field or other it was either on the offensive third or the defensive third it wasn't too much in the middle how would you get the midfield more involved going forward because we have a, a tough Arkansas team coming up, and we're going to need that midfield involved. How would you get them uh, involved more, n- not just uh, hurrying the ball to the to the uh, offensive third from the defense, but uh, just in general? Well, I mean, I think you can do a lot of things. And really the big thing that we always did whenever we, we played is that the wings would drop a little bit deeper, provide that touchline outlet. So they're not just looking to – funnel that ball in the midfield where it's going to get clogged up, but instead they have two on the outside wing. And so you have options. I think the biggest thing in this situation, if you're struggling to connect your defense to your midfield and your midfield to your offense is to provide as many options and lanes as you can and always provide kind of just to give another example. And I know we're a soccer podcast, but a lot of our people 
aren't like deep soccer minds, but it's almost like whenever you're running a football play and you have a check down, uh, you always make an easy outlet somewhere. So your team just has to be drilled and conditioned whenever possession turns over. If there's time on the ball for a defender, which means that they there's not someone just on them all the time, I, you, you have to give them as many options as they can. And a lot of that comes with just the defender being patient to see what plays out to make the right decision. Sometimes you are just going to have to boot the ball away, and that's perfectly fine. That's part of the game, but there's going to be other times where you do have time, and Auburn's not taking as many of those opportunities as they should, and a lot of it is because I think we've just been conditioned for so long just to boot it down the field and let Kristen Dotson run after it back in the day, or we had such great midfielders in the Ramsier sisters along with some others that we, we've just gotten into a pattern and maybe we just need to take a step back, look at the drawing board, and find a new out route to contain that possession and recycle it in a good way rather than just booting it over the top and hoping we can win in a foot race. I don't know if you have any uh, names in your mind, but I thought you know we've already highlighted uh, Angeline Daly in that midfield and how, how good she is at possessing the ball and, and uh, intercepting passes and getting the ball back. But uh, also, uh, Caroline Pearson's played really well in that midfield. So uh, those are just two my- names that came to my mind when you were talking about uh, having just an outlet to go to. Well, I don't even think those. I think, obviously, those two play in the center of the pitch. And they're really good because Peterson won a, quite a few balls. You got Daly right there in the middle of the pitch that can carry the ball. And we saw her against Florida receive it and work past a few defenders, I think, it's going to come with some people where they receive the ball having confidence in their ability to actually play one-on-one against somebody and attempt to beat them or lay the pass off and make the run. And I think a big one that I would like to see to get more involved is Corey Loxley because every time she seems to have the ball at her feet, good things happen. And with her being a winger, my setup would be to have Whitaker on one end, Loxley on the other end, and then you tell me who's going to beat them in a foot race. Not many defenders are going to beat those two in a foot race. And so that way, if you can get to Whitaker, you got an outlet there. If you got Loxley on the other side, you got an outlet there. And then if they're going to pressure those two on the wings, then you have Peterson in the middle, you have Daly in the middle, you have Bree Folds in the middle, and you know, you just work it like that. I think that there's a few options and I don't think that we're overlooking them per se, but I just don't think we're executing at the, at the rate and the level that we should be as far as giving those good outlets to recycle possession in a good way to begin our possession going downfield because we're going from Auburn's defensive third all the way to our attacking third and we're skipping that middle part of the game and it's such an important part to maintain possession. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of possession, you mentioned Corey Loxley, and uh, I don't know how I didn't think of her. She doesn't have just uh, she has to offer just speed, but she has toughness and she's just great on the ball. She has a great uh, ability to, to uh, retain possession and keep the ball at her feet. Uh, you talked a, a little bit about Kate Hart already. I just wanted to just point a couple things out. Uh, Kate Hart had seven saves, as I said, but this was her second highest total of the season. So She's playing outstanding, and we saw her really aggressive and, and come out of the goal two or three times to attack the ball in 1v1 situations. So it's good to see her have that aggression, uh, for her to be confident to come and get that ball. Yeah, she she did a good job claiming a lot of balls in this game, making good decisions, ones that aren't going to come up on the stat sheet as far as clearing balls out and just beating attackers to them without catching the ball, without 
registering a shot. She saved a lot of goals that don't that we don't see in the score sheet or in the stat box. And so Kate Hart has really won me over. I was all for the freshman starting at the beginning of the season, just saying, like we did with Sarah LaBelle, let her grow, give her all four years, really let's see what she's about. And Kate Hart's proven me wrong every step of the way, and I'm really glad about that. I think she's done phenomenal this year and has really grown into the role. With this really being her first starting role, we, we saw her play some games at San Diego State. Uh, she's really blossomed so far here in this program, and just hats off to her. Absolutely, and, and it's funny. We saw a similar clearance to the one we saw the Mississippi State game, which we know resulted in a uh, in a goal, and this time she cleared it toward the sideline. So I thought maybe that's a little bit of growth there. Coach Hoppe uh, complimented Hart, saying she is getting better and better each week, and uh, you and I both agree that that's true. Well, uh, we have me- we've really reached the uh, the meat of our schedule. We had Florida and Gainesville, and arguably our hardest challenge is uh, up ahead uh, this week, Drew. Yeah, it's going to be another difficult stretch of games real quick. And, you know, Auburn's faced number 13 A&M, 24 Florida, and then we get blessed with being able to go and play number six Arkansas. So on Thursday at the Auburn Soccer Complex, you'll be able to catch us on the SEC Network Plus. We're going to be facing number six Arkansas. And this is not a game that I am looking forward to in the slightest. They are 12-2-1 on the year and in conference 6-1 and one right now with their only loss coming to number 8 South Carolina, which, guess what, we get as our last game of the season. So Arkansas is playing lights out right now. In their past three games, they're, they won 4-0 against LSU, won 6-1 against Mississippi State, and won 3-1 against a ranked Texas A&M team. This is a team that loves to put up goals. This is a stat that worries me a lot. They have 52 assists on the year. Peter, do you want to take a guess for Auburn sitting out on assists? Uh, in total? Yes. Uh, 30? 19. Oh, man. Auburn is sitting at 19 assists on the year with 22 goals on the year. Arkansas, on the other hand, has 52 assists on the year because you know they can have more than one player assist, the pass-to-the-pass type assist, and they're sitting on 45 goals this year. Arkansas is a force to be reckoned with, and I think this is going to be a difficult, difficult, difficult game. Really, the only losses that they've come up with, I mentioned the South Carolina one, but they lost to Oklahoma in double overtime as well this year. And so those are the only two losses that they're sitting at. And they have a draw against Minnesota. And both of those two games are at the very beginning of the year. And so this is an Arkansas team that is primed. They're ready. They are leading the SEC right now. And the only really bright spot I see, actually two bright spots, one, it's at the Auburn Soccer Complex. And I think just playing there gives us an extra sense of confidence, gives that comfortability. And the second thing is, is something you sent me today. I think there's going to be a lot of students there, don't you, Peter? Well, uh, if those students are smart, they will be. Uh, let's just do it this way. Uh, Auburn soccer has gone all out for you guys. If you come out on Thursday night to the Auburn soccer complex for the uh, Auburn versus Arkansas match, and you come and you be loud, this is what you might win. Two students may win Apple AirPods white that are white all right so two students may wear some apple airpods white but there's more 
two students might also, or two uh, people in attendance, I don't guess they have to be students, might win a Series 5 Apple Watch, color space gray. But wait, there's more. Two, uh, two fans might win Yeti Tundra 45 QT coolers, white with the AU logo. Wow. I'm, I was when I read this 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 today. I think you and I were both kind of speechless. That that's some awesome gifts. Uh, uh, Apple Air AirPods, Series Five Apple Watches, and uh, two Yeti Tundra 45 QT coolers. Oh, yeah, I'd be happy as, as good as the watches and the AirPods. I'd be happy just to have the the Auburn cooler. Those are some great prizes that uh, fans can win, and and that's up to six fans can win. Uh, they will be given out at halftime. Uh, I was just kind of blown away, Drew. Yeah, and how much does it cost to get to Auburn soccer game speeder? Remind me. Uh, that would be the dirt cheap price of free. So definitely a great reason to go out to this game. Be loud. Make it a home field advantage. I think that would be the difference maker in this game. Arkansas is good. We don't get to say that about Arkansas in many sports, but in soccer they're really good. And I, I struggle to see a way – for Auburn to to really win this game, no offense, but I think the crowd is going to be what can make the difference. I've really thought on it. I think Auburn can hang with them. I don't think Auburn is a bad team at all, and I don't think Arkansas is so great that they're just going to blow Auburn off the face of the earth, but I think that they're going to have to have the crowd behind them. They're going to have to play a clean, tight game, one of their best games of the season, and I do see a way Auburn can win that way but if the crowd's not there if they come out playing sloppy i think that's going to spell spell disaster for this auburn team what do you think peter because i know you are the uh you, you never pick against auburn and i'm not picking against auburn but i think if we come out and play sloppy arkansas is going to hand it to us no i think you keyed in on it i think uh, arkansas is a very good team everything they're not in uh, football they are in soccer if you look think back to the uh, auburn arkansas football game on Saturday. Arkansas is the Auburn there. They are dominant and uh, they're a very good team, but magic happens at home for Auburn in the Auburn soccer complex. Uh, we beat number 18 Tennessee earlier this season. And when we did, we had a very big crowd, a very loud crowd. They were, uh, you can hear them over the TV. They were very, very loud. And uh, we came out with a victory. And so uh, if you have to do it for the prizes, come out for the prizes, but Come out and support these girls. They they play very hard. I think I agree with Drew. They have they are very capable to, to very capable to beat Arkansas. But they need your support. They could use your help. Come out there, blow on the vuvuzelas, bang on the drums, support these girls, and let's get Auburn a much needed victory. Because right now we are sitting below 500, both in our uh, our season record and in the SEC. So this would be a very big win for Auburn. It would look very good to the playoff committee. It would look very good to the playoff committee. It would also help us climb up the standings a little bit, just depending on how other games work out. Because currently right now, we're playing the first weekend of the tournament, which is not a place that Auburn wants to be sitting at. And so we, we definitely want to have that bye week going in the SEC tournament. The other game that we have this week is traveling across the state to face an Alabama team that I hate to say it is drastically improved from last year. Wouldn't you say, Peter? Yeah, we talked a little bit of trash about them earlier in the season, saying Sanford's really our biggest Alabama rival. But this Alabama team, I've been keeping an eye on them this season because I knew they were coming up at the end of the season, and 
they are not shabby. They are not last year's team. They're not the last few years. In fact, Drew, I would say this is the best Alabama team that we've faced since doing stoppage time. Yeah, I would I would have to say that's probably an accurate statement. Uh, the the hope, and I, I want to stress this, the hope I think in this game is one is a rivalry game. You're always going to show up for your rival, but also you, you, Alabama's coming off a a odd little stretch here to start SEC play. They took a loss to Arkansas, took a big loss to South Carolina. They beat Tennessee in double overtime. They beat Mississippi State in overtime. They tied A&M, won against LSU, tied against Ole Miss. And really what these games show me is that they were some tired legs under this because what you're what, what I'm seeing is you got a double overtime win, you got an overtime win, you got two ties, which means that they played through two overtimes as well. And so they're coming in this. They're about to face a Missouri team, not so great. And then they're going to get Auburn on Sunday. You're hoping that those overtime games have really worn on them over the past couple of weeks because this has been a consistent stretch since end of September of playing long games. And so maybe they're wearing down a little bit in the, end of the season. They don't score a lot of goals. They defend okay. And so you're hoping that this can be a win for Auburn. I think it, it definitely can be a win for Auburn and will be. What do you think, Peter? Well, I think two things. First of all, you mentioned this is uh, most definitely our rival our rival game. Uh, so that means their fans are going to come out. Their fans are going to be loud. So you're going to have that element. But I also think that I'm not going to give you a prediction quite yet, but I do think this is a must win for Auburn because simply for the fact that it's sandwiched between Arkansas and South Carolina this is your 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 I guess your most guaranteed chance for a win against Alabama, and it's on the road. So a road win is always impressive as well. So I feel like this is really a must win for Auburn this match. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I, I think it's a must win for a lot of reasons. The big one is I don't know how we're going to fare against Arkansas, and I mean if Alabama gets this win, they'll be sitting at 14 points in the standings. Georgia's sitting at 10. Let's say they get a win, they'll be at 13. Auburn's at 9 right now. They'll be at, if they get a win against Alabama, they'll be at 12. And so you're looking at that last game of the season, making it a little bit easier because you're in striking distance of hopping Vanderbilt. You're in striking distance of a lot of teams. Um, rather than playing that first weekend, you're able to vault up the standings a little bit. So I think this is definitely a must win. If they can sneak two wins out on the weekend or even a, a win and a draw, I think that's a big step forward for this Auburn team as far as what their postseason hopes look like going into the SEC tournament and what their potential NCAA tournament lives look like. Coach Hobba told the team that they control their own destiny. We've talked about that before, and it's true. They still do. Their backs are up against a wall a little bit. They're going to have to really come out fighting in both these matches, and really all three of the matches left. Uh, but uh, I think this team's perfectly capable to, uh, capable of winning three. Honestly, uh, we have a good team. We have some great uh, role players on this team. We have a great keeper. We have the ability to score goals. We have ability to keep the goals out of our net. So we're perf perfectly capable of getting three wins. But now's the time to do it. It's crunch time. It is crunch time. We're at the end of this Auburn season. We're going to be bringing the rest of this to you. We're also at the end of our episode today. So without further ado, Peter, where can the good folks of the world and the E2C network fans find you on the social media? 
You can find me on Twitter at Seminary Sugar Daddy, S-E-M-I-N-A-R-Y-S-G-R-D-A-D-Y. Or you can find me on the E2C Network Discussions page on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop 02 on Twitter. And that's really the only place that I'm at. And we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us for Stop and Shot again. And until next time, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?